Uh, we almost had someone else, but they're also going through a lot right now, so uh, they're not on tonight. So I see. So it's just the two of us, um, and I'll introduce who after the theme song. This is the Experience Podcast with me and someone else. Hello. I don't have to awkwardly figure out who the someone else is to answer first this time. We'll just be me. This week. Um, Like I said before, we almost had someone else, but we're going to roll with just Chase because he has a lot to say this week, according to him. Oh, I do, apparently. Uh, (laughs) This is news to me. So, So what's going on? What's happening? Uh, well, I guess, like, football season's happening. Um, coming out of a, uh, well, protracted dark period of life. Had significant mental health improvements recently. Uh, in a somewhat drastic fashion, actually. Actually, but, uh, um, and then, I suppose, looking forward to, I'll say, it's kind of hard to describe. I don't have like a new job lined up yet, but I have like a clear vision essentially of what I'll be doing. And so it's, it's like light at the end of the tunnel kind of thing. Uh-huh. Um, you, you've talked about your, your personal life a lot on this, on this, uh, podcast. Um, mm-hmm. So what's what changed drastically, at least recently? Because I don't remember the last time you came on, um, maybe like a month and a half ago or so. How was it that long? Things uh, have changed since then. Um, well, it's just been slow, grindy improvements. You know, as I mentioned last year, I kind of bottomed out in terms of <clears throat> mental health and other things. Um, I was forced to confront a lot of really dark shit from my past. And discovered that I had catastrophic brain damage, so that was a, uh, it's been a hell of a ride, I'll put it that way. And, uh, it, but basically I've, I, you know, I hate to use the term healing journey because God, there's so many, there's so many of these like isms and psychobabble crap that's, uh, highly marketable and reputable for like self-help shit and psych shit and I don't know. I find I found most of it useless and insulting. Um, but, you know, if you want to say like the healing journey, that's that's basically what I did. So I did a lot of reflection, a lot of healing and I'm coming out on the other side of that. And that is uh, kind of made me a wiser person, I'll say. So that that's been occupying me for like 10 or 11 months. And uh but I know a lot of neuro shit now, so that's uh, that's part of the future, I think, for me. Yeah, you talked about that last time you were on about uh, sort of what your brain had gone through and what you were trying to, how you were trying to fix it. Yes. Uh, and I suppose, uh, and and uh, maybe I'm recalling it wrong, but last time you were still sort of uh, in the middle of that, yeah, that repair 
process, but it sounds like now you're you're on the downswing or perhaps already out. Is that right? Almost. A little bit more to go, but yes. Yeah, pretty much out of it, which is which is great to hear, obviously. Um Oh it'll be it'll be great to be out of it, I'll tell you. Um I think in you know, over time I'll share I'm gonna start sharing kind of what I went through because I, I still have a lot of processing to do with what actually what has actually worked for me. Um, because I will say right now it is unlike anything I've ever seen happen, like on the planet. And, um, I I don't know, I suppose it can be useful in, in context. And so I need to figure out what it is, but suffice to say, one of the things I definitely learned is the overwhelming majority of serious mental illness is some form of brain damage. And, we, I took a look at, you know, taking a look at people in my life that are fucked up um, and kind of the mental health epidemic um, that we're both familiar with. We saw it firsthand at Tech. Um, you just have to wonder. The solution, I mean, it, it seems obvious, but not in the sense that, well, why do you why are you depressed, anxious or whatever the fuck? Well, that's your head. It's your brain. Well, that's like a no shit, but do, does anybody, you know, talk about like brain health thing? Okay. Well, we do some exercise. That's fine. Um, it's obvious without being obvious. It's one of those things that's, well, no shit, obviously mental illness, but okay. That's, that's great. But what do you, what do you do for it? Well, we have all this indirect shit, but you know, the direct solution is the best one. And so. That's that's kind of inspired me to look into Neuroshed and uh, I, a lot of learning about uh, the brain and, and kind of how people are on Earth and shit like that and uh, educational. And there's there's just so much information I could share, but it's so haphazard and, and still, you know, kind of coming to terms with what happened that it's. It, it, you know, I, again, I'll start sharing tidbits here and there, but uh, I, I can't even weave a story for you right now. That's how, you know, that, that's, that's a lot of processing to do. <clears throat> but suffice to say, some of the things I've done have worked. Um, and, uh, you know, that's that's paid dividends uh, after a long time of uh, being stuck in the mud. So then, um, and you kind of hinted at this earlier, it, is neuroscience, is that what you're going to get into real-wise? Is that what you're getting at? Possibly. Um, I think it'll be a component, yeah. but not entirely. Because that's um, pretty studied in school, right? So. That's oh, no, I studied physics. And one of the things I did learn, by the way, is a lot of our physics are um, fundamentally wrong. I think I've alluded to that on the podcast before, but I, I to kind of look back at what I did and kind of look back at uh, career and stuff, I uh, it, it becomes inescapable when you start, because I did a lot of, you know, a reading of papers and everything, dove in the literature of a number of different fields, and it's it's inescapable. And that's that was kind of a, 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 sink, a heart-sinking moment to know, you know, a thing that I studied for a long time, I will say there's a there's a great amount of fake shit in physics as well as misunderstandings. 
um, and it explains why we're stuck. And that's that's kind of a different topic than the neuro shit, but it's kind of important, and it would be nice for neuro if you could have, let's say, a machine that, uh, I don't know, maybe accelerates the uh, regeneration of your cells or something like that. And why we haven't built it is because our understanding of particle physics and molecular uh, dynamics and stuff like that is flawed on a fundamental level that we're just now discovering at like Fermilab and CERN and shit. So that was, that was jaw dropping. It really was. And I suppose, but I've kind of gone off track on that, but how, how I would say, you know, it relates to neuro is, you know, I was doing a bunch of like plasticity work and, you know, stuffing my brain full of shit while I waited. And, you know, I kind of literally, it's going to sound weird, but literally increased my IQ because when you grow new white and gray matter, you can literally process more information. And so I feel like I could understand things more where I couldn't before in college. And so that, that was also an eye-opening moment. And it, it also, I suppose, kind of opened my eyes as to why some people struggle, let's say, with learning disabilities. I, again, I'm, I'm literally bouncing all over, all over the place. There's so much I could share. But suffice to say, using my own journey, you know, kind of what I've learned and studying the things that I have, it's if I'm going to continue, you know, as a career or whatever, it's definitely going to involve something neuro here, I think. I don't know if it's, like, research or, like, practical applications or, or something like that, but that is, like I said, I don't have a concrete vision of what I'm doing, but I, I know where I'm being guided is where, I, is where I'll say. And it's, like, a lot of brain shit, and um, that's become that, – that should be at the forefront of our society right now because that is in more ways than people appreciate and can possibly know one of the worst things that is on earth for human beings at this time. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. It, that, that's good. That's uh yeah. I don't know anyone that's really getting into that. Uh, I'm trying to think of, of I, know, but I, I think you're you're one of the only ones that's uh, really gone down that path. So, well, maybe someone I know did neuro. I think my sister almost studied that, but then she did. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Uh, so, so what else in the does the future hold then? Other than, uh, I mean, you talked about your career and, and sort of the the neuro. Um, um, science of it all. Like, what what else are you, what else is going on then for future future chase? Well, I'd put it this way: I'd like to bring technology to the planet. That's how I'll say it. It's using what I've learned, what I've gone through, and kind of drawing on my interests. That's what I would like to be doing for people. Is and and fundamentally. I suppose where I differ now um, or where how I differ now from where I was before is I was kind of a material oriented, like my my studies in physics was like material oriented or, you know, 
research or whatever, and now it's more people oriented. I would like to design or bring especially like medical technology um, in some capacity to, well, again, and uh, (laughs) there's, there's so much I could touch on, but basically I think I'd like to combine a hopefully updated version of, of physics soon with medical technology and make something that can, I mean, fix people to a degree, or at least allow them to, if they choose, fix themselves, right? You know, that the, weird philosophy on that, but that's, it, it, it's not a compunction for me so much as after what I've gone through, it, it's like um, a calling, if you will, almost like vaguely spiritual, if you will, considering what I know now about people here and what I know about the brain. And it's like, holy shit, it explains so very much. It explains so very, very much about what is going wrong with modern society. People are sick in the head. And not only that, there's a potential for our brains to be a lot better, a lot better. And that gets into ethical discussions of, you know, like biohacking, uh, you know, engineer, like genetic engineering, that kind of shit. But that's stuff that we're going to have to tackle anyway. And we need the cognitive capacity and the mental health background to face those challenges in the future. And I see so many, especially young men, but young women as well, especially, you know, our generation, but younger in particular, who were abandoned, fucked up, damaged, and it, it became clear why. And it, or rather not why, although I suspect, but what the effects are and how those effects are, or what, are, what the cause of those effects are being a lot of brain damage, a lot of just not understanding where we're at, kind of, if you want to say evolutionarily, but also with respect to, you know, what's going on in our own head. And that's that's just really critical for people to be healthy again. And so that's why I'm saying, like, I'm going to be doing Neuroshed is because it's, it's something that I've, and I think it's going to catch on. It's already catching on. If you look at like podcasts of like Andrew Huberman or whatever, he's a kind of Stanford research neuroscientist, but it's becoming more obvious that a mentally unwell society cannot function. And if we're going to tackle these serious problems, then we need to make people mentally well. So that that's kind of a calling of mine now from what I went through. And uh, I'd like to pursue that in the near future. Okay, okay, yeah. So um yeah, I don't have any questions on that. <laughs> uh uh I mean I was gonna So so what what is your opinion how uh, how far should we get into genetic engineering, I suppose? Very. Here's my, here's my argument. 
Well, actually, let me not share. I have um, borderline conspiratorial opinions about things on Earth that I won't bother sharing. Um, yeah, I, I don't have I, I don't like to share things I don't have direct evidence for. So I will keep my opinions to myself on this. But suffice to say, when it comes to genetic engineering, highly recommend that we investigate and invest. We're already I mean, you look at the mRNA vaccine. That's already a form of gene therapy. It's fucked up gene therapy, for sure. It's a, well, not really first stab, but it's let's use a virus to genetically modify things in the body and hopefully like treat cancer and shit like that with the mRNA vaccines. But that's already here. You know, we we've looked in our sci-fi for 50 years and like, oh, my God, gene babies. That's coming. So we need to get ahead of the curve and make sure that we embrace that ethically. Within genetic engineering for the species is the potential for evolution. And because we're going to be faced with this question regardless, and this, and this is where I'll differ with a lot of people, um, we're going to be faced with questions of eugenics, faced with the ethics of, well, can you afford gene therapy? It, what what accessibility? Should we modify things? Um, and specifically, what I would say is modifying the brain. Um, that's something that we should be looking into literally to, I mean, if, if everyone were more intelligent, for instance, we're going to have a rapidly advancing society where people are smart enough to solve problems much faster and much longer. I'll put it that way. So what I, my argument is we need to pursue it and we need to understand that it's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be a pretty picture of, well, you know, it's fraught with dangers, but we have to because we're being forced to anyway. And we might as well, like, you know, embrace the potential of it and uh, sort of accelerate our evolution, if you will. Because the potential for building a new Earth that is so very much better than the last one, if we're going to force, if we're, if we're going to be forced into, in, um, into exploring that shit anyway, we might as well. You know, embrace the positive. Uh, okay, so you definitely see it as more of a uh, as more of a positive, right? Because there's a lot of people read of it. So, what do you tell the people that are that are scared? It's natural. Right. People are very scared on Earth of everything, and I I face fear, unlike many people. In many contexts, I can't tell people be not afraid and expect people not to. That's that's, you know, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and tell people, oh, God, what happens when we gene engineer our babies? What, what happens? when We do eugenic shit because the Holocaust is not that far away in history. And my argument is, well, frankly, your fears are going to be realized. But that shit will happen eventually. The object is to, well, hopefully use a little foresight, put some laws in place to guide it in the right direction, embrace the positivity of it, and use that to heal people. Because the fears are, the fears are not without reason, again. 
you, you look at what we've like the, another thing like this fucking um, like Tuskegee. Argue, I would argue COVID, right? Where you know you you deal with these themes, these these new vaccines that have all these adverse side effects. This is already this is already a reality. It's just not in the way we thought it was coming. So the problem is when when people are afraid, it's we're going to have to face it as a civilization. You can't run from it. And we have to, we're being forced to, right? And my, my counter argument is not necessarily be not afraid, but imagine if you're at a fork in the road. Try to choose the good fork or the, the good path on that fork because you're going to have to keep walking. And when the fears are realized, we will deal with them because the potential for fixing people or let me, let me take that off the table for helping people. I don't believe in fixing people, but helping people is worth the risk. I will say, because we can't run it from it forever, forever. Okay, let me throw in, let me add some more fuel to this fire because mm-hmm. there's out there another hot topic, uh, you know, nowadays yes. is AI, right? AI? AI. So how does yes. you see AI play into this at all? You know, cause I, I'm just asking you all the controversies, oh. right? Like, <laughs> yes, please. Just, you know, I, I love, I love discussing and I'm glad you're bringing this shit up because I love discussing uncomfortable things with people because the average person does not want to confront this and yeah, the average yeah. person will be made to confront this. Yeah. That's what, that's why I'm asking you because I feel like mm-hmm. you, you, uh, you have it. You can offer a unique perspective on uh, these sort of topics that make that people works. uncomfortable. Right. So, uh, AI. Yeah. So like I said, AI, so you know, go ahead. Um, so there's this, um, this notion of the AI singularity is what, I'm familiar with hearing in the sense that uh, the robots are coming to take our jobs and enslave us. You think of the matrix, you think of iRobot. Um, this is the same kind of, really it's the, it's the ca- same kind of seed of fear, if you will, that germinates and spreads to the gene therapy shed. It's technology. It's fear of what, a fear of what technology will do to the human being because we're attached to our form. Are the is the AI overlord coming? Are we going to be enslaved? And the answer is no. Once again, AI is is happening whether we like it or not, and I think it's inevitable and an overwhelming positivity. In fact, in some ways, it's I would say fraught with less danger than or whatever that phrase I'm trying to do. Um, it, it's not quite as dangerous for us, I think, as like gene therapy is, because the technology has the ability to liberate the average person from so very much. You think about like a, like thinking like the, I don't know, one of those, uh, the Jetsons or whatever, the uh, cleaning robot or the uh, uh, breakfast robot, the breakfast machine from, uh, I forget which movie is. That saves you, uh, that, that's just an example of some robot being used for good. Now you, you also think, what about military machines? What about hacking your ship? It's all coming. And my argument is much of the same as gene therapy. It's or, or genetic engineering. It's that it's coming. 
it's not that we shouldn't be afraid of the negatives. It's that you should embrace the positive and be prepared, learn, understand that this is not all negative, that if we execute AI properly and we should do what we can to get ahead of the curve on it, we can use that to make people's lives a hell of a lot better. And I think <clears throat> to assuage the fear, it's like it's, it's a lack of understanding about what AI is. Is it something we're going to like Terminator 3 where they're going to plug in? It's going to become self-aware and nuke the planet. Why? Why would it be self-destructive unless it's programmed by people? And that, that's another fork in the or fork in the road there. The well, fork in the distro, if you will. Um, it's who weaponizes AI against other people. Because that that is that is going to happen as it as it happens, you know, now just with bigger toys. So the point is, these are coming. There's an understanding, an understandable amount of fear. And I think it's something, it's much like, I think with AI, it's this notion, we have this programming in our culture where we just understand. You talk to older people, right? I'll, I'll make this more concrete. And they barely know how to use their smartphone. And so when you talk about, like, AI, they, they think old movies. They think, I mean, you go all the way back to, like, 2001 Space Odyssey, 1969. How 9000. And he's literally imprisoning and fucking with people in a spaceship. That has been a cultural meme, if you will, for, what, 50-plus years? And the older generations are used to that. So it's an understandable amount of fear. My, my counter argument is, again, it's going to happen. Imagine the potential and more than just imagine the potential. If, if you're afraid, study, understand, knowledge will defeat some of your fear and learn how to use, you learn how to utilize, learn how to direct. We are not, one of the things that I don't like about the fear narrative from everything is that we're powerless and Soon, I believe we will have an empowered world, whatever that means. I, I don't, <laughs> I, I'm not a fan of the word empowered because of reasons, but if you must, we will have a world where people can actuate their own change and destiny. And part of that will be genetics, part of that will be AI. So use it, learn it, don't run from it because it will be thrust upon you by people who will use it. Get ahead of it. Learn from it. Learn what we can do with it. If it's going to happen, we might as well make it good. That and all the cool robots we can use. I'd, uh, I wouldn't mind a sex bot or two. Oh, uh oh. <laughs> that was the next sentence. Um, yeah, I, I, I also see it as an end out of a, yeah. Let me start that. Yeah, I also see it as an inevitability uh, because it's already being used in everything, right? You know, yeah, um, in everything you already have, uh, which is I I always find it hilarious when people are like afraid of AI, but then they're like they're then they will go right on their smartphone. It's like yeah, come on, your, your phone's your phone's always listening, it's always doing everything else, and uh, and it, it is pretty useful, you know. Um, Again, in ways that you don't really think about it, that, that we already use in, in like, uh, the modern sense, right? In a way, 
Well, I won't get into it. I'm not a huge expert in AI, so I won't go too deep into it. Um, yeah, okay. Um, I mean, those are all the heavy topics. Did you, yeah. <laughs> did you want to cover anything lighter? Anything else? Well, about? how about that local sports team? <laughs> I don't know. Um, let me, let me ponder you a question here. Yeah. Uh, Georgia Tech, we were recording this on Saturday, and the Georgia Tech game yes. is going to happen in like an hour or so, I think. Yes. Do you know what uh, network it's being broadcast on? No. I bet you would never guess, and I'll give you a million guesses, because uh, it's being broadcast on the cable network, the CW. The CW? The CW. Which oh, excellent. Who aren't aware, it's a cable network. Uh, I believe it's part of the Warner Brothers um, banner. Like, they they, they, uh, they own a majority share, I'm pretty sure. Let me double-check this. Uh, maybe they don't, actually. Well, they have a bunch of Warner Brothers uh, content, I suppose. They're famous for, uh, I think, like, Supernatural, Riverdale, like, The Flash, all those shows. That's what it's broadcast on. It mainly targets, you know, the young adults and stuff. Um, yeah. But today, they're uh, they're they're broadcasting um, GT. Uh, I forget who we play this week. A Georgia Tech game against. Uh, does it even matter? Um, I think no. it's. <laughs> I, I think it's. I think it's Wake Forest. Okay. Um, you know what? Here I have. They they were. Uh, they were a Warner Brothers. A company, but Next Next Star uh, purchased a majority stake uh, last year. So, so I was kind of. Um, but I guess now, now I'm reading it, and they're uh, they're they're focusing on sports now. So, oh, lovely. Uh, there looks like they're they're going to broadcast a lot of ACC football and basketball games. Uh, oh, I you know what. Jace, I have the answer here. I should have just read up on this before I started talking. Um, they, so if you, if you, if you guys, if, if anyone remembers, a lot of the ACC games were on the whatever the regional sports network thing, um, yeah. which I think went under, or they 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 couldn't afford the the contract anymore. So now, basically, uh, the CW has taken over a lot of those those games. So the games that used to be on Regional Sports Network is now on the CW. Yeah. Well, so that's that's it. There's your answer. That's incredible. Um, I have caught highlights of GT this year. It is interesting to see a real quarterback under center for GT. Um, I don't know about King's uh, upside or anything, but. He can throw an accurate pass down the field sometimes, and that is uh, that is something I've yet to see in the entire fandom I have been with GT. So that's fun. And as usual, our defense is abominable, so it's not really amounting to much. Yeah, I was gonna say that the offense has actually been fine this year. I think they were like number one in the, in the first for the first two weeks. They were number one in the conference in uh, passing yards, for what it's worth. Yeah. Uh, so, so it's, uh, but the defense is always better. I don't know how to fix it. And they're all, it seems like they're always like playing the fourth and fifth string corners. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they, they, they the secondary is always like freshmen that were not supposed to be on the team, but somehow like they're starting. I don't know how 
it was you know I don't know how they're always getting getting injured and stuff, but right. Uh, yeah, well, that's that's that. That wasn't really a a good topic, but uh, it was just something that I was like, why is it on the C? Because I looked it up, I was like, oh, like, games probably the, the CW. CW. Yeah, but I guess they're it doing golf. Yeah. It could be like a Nickelodeon, like the uh, Nickelodeon uh, playoff game. Was it like Mitch Trubisky? Or no, it was the Mitch Trubisky Bears at the uh, New Orleans Saints a couple of years ago, and uh, they got bodied, and then they won the MVP, or Mitchell Trubisky won MVP, Nickelodeon's uh, Most Valuable Player. And yeah. uh, <laughs> that was hilarious. So do you think there's going to be slime cannons at this game? Uh, well, that could only improve the product. I probably could. That would be interesting. Um, they are working on children's programming, so uh, so there you go. Uh, yes, okay. I'm... I'm, I'm I'm happy to uh discuss any any topic at any time though cuz uh I don't know I don't I don't believe in uh pulling punches when it comes to discussing anything. I think that makes for uh a very unlistenable experience. Yeah, no. No, I appreciate that. I think we can end it there. It's gotten it was pretty heavy this episode so I don't want to to overdose our audience here. Um yes, please don't OD. That is bad for you. <laughs> Will damage your brain. We've got a decent link. So was there anything else, you know, before we head out that you wanted to cover on the show? Any uh, urgent things to talk about? Well, I mean, I guess one of the big changes that I've uh, noticed is that when people are healthier, they're more optimistic. Because that's where I'm at now. I actually can see, because COVID was so fucked up, um, and so bleak for humanity on this planet, it's been hard to see the positives. But for once, I can actually see ways that our our species can, you know, make a new Earth, so to speak. And I'm looking forward to being a part of that. I know you will be. And anybody in your audience, I mean, again, don't don't minimize your importance in that. You're not just um, a passenger, so to speak. That That's kind of one thing that I really struggled to tell people during COVID that I can finally voice is that you're not a passenger just because you're a number on a spreadsheet, right? In, in the statistics of uh, I, I, the analogy sucks. But anyway, get ready to participate soon because that's coming for you. And, well, I, I can't say really more of that. Just uh, be prepared soon. Yep, sorry, I was sneezing. Um, great uh, ending message, then. Uh, I think we'll leave it at that, then. Excellent. It was nice being on.